Good evening and Merry Christmas. Um, I'm Doug McHenry. I'm the lead pastor at First Covenant Church, and I'm really glad you're with us tonight, whether you're here in person or whether you're joining us uh, at home online. I do hope that you have a fantastic Christmas uh, in the next few days, gathering with family and, and with friends. Now, what does one say on Christmas Eve that hasn't you know, already been said? Uh, um, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, the birth of Christ has been celebrated by billions of people all over different points on the globe. Uh, no doubt you have heard the story and know the, are familiar with the story of Christmas, that, that God came to us uh, born as a, as a human being, not in a family that was rich or powerful or privileged, but to a, a teenage mother and, and a father who was a carpenter, a working class guy. Uh, he was born not in a hospital with the best doctors, but in a, in, a, in a structure that was for farm animals. He wasn't placed in a beautiful bassinet, with mobiles above him, he, he was placed in a feed trough. And his place of birth wasn't his parents' hometown where family and relatives could gather and celebrate and bring gifts and bring meals and congratulatory cards and all those things. But rather, he was born in the middle of a road trip, surrounded by strangers, shepherds, in fact, by trade. You've heard that story. Uh, you, you've probably heard as well about the Old Testament prophecies that spoke about where he would be born and how he'd be born and, and uh, how he would live and how he would die and the impact he would have upon the world. You've probably heard that as well. You, you've probably heard that he would die for our sins. He would rise from the dead. And, and maybe you've accepted all of that. You know, maybe you've accepted some of it. Uh, maybe you're skeptical and just can't bring yourself to embrace or, or believe it. Wherever you are currently, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And my prayer for you and for me as well, all of us tonight, is that we would truly experience um, what Christ came to give us, to his power and his, his presence and his, his peace. Now, peace is something that sometimes can be fleeting this time of year. It's a wonderful time of year, memories and this and that and gatherings, but it's busy with kids' activities or church activities or work activities or gift obligations or travel plans, it can be hard to find peace. And so sometimes at the end of the holidays, you just want to collapse for a few days after everybody's left and all of it's done and all the decorations are down, just to kind of gather yourself and settle and have a, a moment's peace. Like the woman who was so very busy, she was stressed to the max with all her Christmas preparations. And she remembered that she had forgotten to send out her Christmas cards, which she did every, did every year. So we, she ran to the store, grabbed the first box she saw, went home, signed the envelopes, stuffed the cards in without looking at them, and sent them out. And then on Christmas Day, she discovered she had one still left, and she thought, oh, I should see what the message was. And so on the outside, she read just a little card to say, and she opened it up and it said, a special gift is on its way. Can, can you imagine? She probably didn't have much, much peace. At that moment, just a little bit stressed out. Well, tonight I want to focus for the next few minutes on one verse from our reading. And in fact, one word from that one verse is verse 14, where this heavenly host, we're told, gathered to proclaim the birth of Jesus Christ. And they shout and they sing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to all on whom his favor rests. And the word is peace. Now, now, peace means different things to different people, depending upon your circumstances. So if you are a soldier in Ukraine, peace is going to mean the end of hostility, no longer a threat to be killed by a, a bomb or a sniper, 
not having to worry about family or loved ones, and if you'd ever get to see them again. To a child whose parents are, are, are colicky and, and, and chronically uh, colicky, uh, for that parent, peace is going to mean an end to crying and a good night's sleep. For a child whose parents won't stop fighting, there's tension in the house, peace is going to mean the end of the tensions, the end of the never-ending arguments, and the feeling of, of, of insecurity because of the fighting. The end of all those things is great when they get that peace. But the problem is, is that wars are going to break out again, and babies are going to get colicky and cry again and keep their parents up at night and cranky. And, 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 and family relationships are going to continue to be in conflict at times and, and cause strain and stress and worry for children. You know, the, the world, it lacks peace. And it has for a long time, frankly. It's going to continue to do so. Nations and people groups have been in conflict at each other's throats from the beginning of time. Individuals in conflict with others. People lacking peace even with themselves, feeling unsettled. The world into which Jesus was born also lacked peace. It was a world with a lot of violence, a lot of oppression, a lot of slavery, a lot of misogyny, a lot of prejudice. It was a tough world into which Jesus was born. Now, of course, there was what was called the Pax Romana, which was meant the, the, the peace of the Roman Empire, but that wasn't true peace. It was an enforced order to squelch conflict so that the empire could expand and grow and trade and, and flourish. But it wasn't true peace. I mean, the absence of conflict isn't always necessarily peace, is it? And that such was the case in Jesus' world. Those ethnic hatreds and religious differences still continued to exist. And as Jesus grew up, he didn't live a life free of conflict either. He had a hard life. Before he was two years old, we're told in the scriptures that his parents grabbed him and ran to Egypt as refugees because King Herod was going to kill Jesus because of the prophecies about this, this baby born of the king as the king of Jews. As Jesus began his ministry, described in the New Testament Gospels, conflict and controversy follows him. I mean, religious leaders resent him and are threatened by him. The Romans don't like the, the unrest that he's causing. His own family didn't always support him. His closest friends didn't always understand him. Jesus knew what it was like to live in a world of conflict that lacked peace. And he saw that burden, that lack of peace that the people around him experienced and felt and he knew the lack of, of peace that we would feel in our world and perhaps with ourselves and with others. And so Jesus came to earth as, as one of us to do something about it, to offer us peace. Not peace as the world offers or gives, but, but true peace. Not a, not a temporary peace, not an uneasy truce, not a, a deliberate choice to ignore serious problems and issues, but his peace, lasting peace. Peace with God, our creator, peace with others, and, and peace with ourselves. Now, if we're at peace with God, 
and we're at peace with ourselves, it stands to reason then that our relationships around us are going to experience an increasing and growing level of peace. I found that to be true. So, for example, if I'm not really feeling good about myself, I'm frustrated, I'm unhappy, I'm discouraged, or, or, or whatever it might be, it's going gonna, it's gonna to flood out. It's going to affect my marriage. It's going to affect my, my children, my, my coworkers, my relationships. That's just the way that we are, are designed. We're relational creatures. We can't separate those things. If I'm fighting with God about some issue in my life that I don't want to submit or obey, or I'm trying to ignore something that I know he's asking me to do or, or, or to make a change, if, I, if I'm wrestling with God of that in my, in my life, it's a pretty good bet that the people around me are going to be feeling that. For us to be at peace with others, we need to be at peace with God, and, and we also need to be at peace with ourselves. You know, think of it like this. So, you know, um, in Colorado, if you've been out there, you see these big aspen stands of trees, just beautiful aspen trees on the side of a, of a mountain or in, or in a meadow or something by a stream. And, and there's just dozens and dozens of them. And, and they, um, they look like they're individual trees on the surface. But beneath the surface, as you might know, they're connected by this vast, intricate web of, of roots, and what that means is that what affects one tree affects the other trees, whether it's disease or weakness or, or, um, or some sort of genetic flaw. And the world is, is, the human family is sort of like that. We're all connected at some level. And when part of the human family is not healthy and at peace, it spills over into the rest. And so what's happening in Ukraine has affected the rest of the world politically and economically. And what's happened with COVID the last few years, what started in a different part of the world, eventually spread everywhere with devastating consequences to the rest of the world. So in the midst of this world of conflict and, and lack of peace with each other and with ourselves and, and with God, what can we do? The only hope we have is what we celebrate tonight. Jesus. Jesus, God with us come to offer us his peace, lasting peace. Peace with God the Father, peace with each other, and even peace with ourselves. In John 10, Jesus said that he came to give abundant life. And abundant life doesn't mean that all disease is eradicated. It, it doesn't mean that all uh, evil is, is eliminated. It doesn't mean that our lives are one incredible, fantastic day after the other. Jesus does not promise that. In fact, he says in John 16, in this world, you'll have trouble. And we say, yes, tell us something we didn't know. But the rest of what he says in that verse gives us hope. He says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. What are the things he told them earlier? That he would always be there for them. That he would send a spirit to encourage us. That he would return and be with us. That he loves us. That God the Father loves us. That we do not need to be afraid. And Jesus said, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. He says, take heart, I've overcome the world. So we can have peace. Because of this first Christmas, we can have peace with ourselves. We can have peace with each other. And we can have peace with God. How does this apply to, to ourselves? 
Well, if you're like me, there are things in my past that I regret. There are things I should have said or didn't say, should have not have done or, or did do, paths I should, should have taken that I didn't, some grief and some loneliness. There's all sorts of things from my past that, 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 that can weigh me down and rob me of, of, of peace. Maybe you can relate to that. But the Bible tells us that, that Jesus came to give us peace. That the things we regret, the wrongs we have done, that he will wipe the slate clean when we put our trust in him. And all things are made new. You know how brown and, and dirty and kind of discouraged it can be in the middle of the winter when there's not, when there's not any snow in the ground. It's kind of, eh, kind of dark and dreary. But when the snow comes, it's white and it's pristine and, it, and it's clean and it's pure. It's, it's uplifting. It reminds us of this passage from Isaiah where we're told, Though your, your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Because of Christmas, because of Jesus, we can have peace with our past. But we can also have peace, you know, in our present. There are a lot of things in our present that can, that can drag us down. Our circumstances may not be ideal, may not be what we want. But we can have peace in the present. Not peace like the world offers. The peace the world offers is based upon how big our bank account might be, um, how, um, you know, how, uh, what products we buy or what vacations we take, um, what things we might eat or drink, or how our body looks, how our job is doing. But, but real peace, real peace is, is independent of our circumstances. Because it's a peace based upon God's love for us, for you and me. It's a peace based upon his acceptance of us, not based upon our performance, not based upon our past mistakes or even how we're doing in the present, but it's based upon his love and his faithfulness for us and to us. And finally, we can have peace. We can have peace about our future. This might be a tough one. We all have things that keep us awake at night, maybe worrying about our kids or our finances or our health or the economy or, or whatever. Things that keep us awake at night that rob us of sleep, rob us of health and joy and rob us of, of peace. But Jesus gives us peace because we have a hope and we have a future. We have a promise that he will never leave us nor forsake us. We have the promise that he will be there for us and sustain us. We have a promise of the hope of heaven. So this Christmas, I, 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 I hope that in the midst of all the craziness, you can find some peace to yourself, you know. But I hope that your peace is ultimately based upon accepting Christ and finding peace with God the Father through faith in Him, finding peace then with yourself, and then finding peace with others. That's what we can celebrate. That's what Christ came to offer us. That's the greatest gift He's given us. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for Your Word. We're grateful for Your gift of Jesus. And Father, we, we confess to you that there are times we, we seek peace in things other than you. 
So, Lord, help us to be people who know and experience your peace, a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that sustains us with joy and hope and purpose, regardless of our past, our present, or our future. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We celebrate you, and we love you. Amen.